Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris, your host, and uh, I want to uh, give you something wonderful. The Words of Jesus. Uh, as we learn what he has to say about things, we're going to learn about his life and his ministry, and we're going to learn the, the way he dealt with things. And we, we've been talking recently about how he has a communication with his father that's just, it's just second to none. It's hard for us to even fathom this, but uh, uh, I also wanted you to know that even in the midst of all this, uh, we, we have... Uh, a tendency to to think that you know well that was Jesus that's that's not us um, well this comes from the you know, Jesus could have a conversation with his father Jesus could be spoken to by his father he could he could do all these things but he's Jesus come on I'm not Jesus and um, do you know that is the very thing that he wanted to dispel. Do you know that is the very thing, uh, I mean, that he chose the way he chose to come to us? He could have crashed through the sky. He could have rolled back the heavens. He could have, you know, barked down, cascading his voice through the eons of time and space and energy and everything. He could have, he could have done it a hundred different ways. But what he did do was... Is, he came to be one of us, and uh, so that we can be like him. Uh, it's the it's the it's the base uh, or the the baseline the the foundational understanding of a covenant, and that is that two men uh, decide to go into covenant with one, one another. They come into agreement with one another, and therefore the lesser, and there's always a lesser, and there's always a greater involved in any covenant. Um, and that is that the, the lesser uh, tends to ha have possession of the, the possessions of the greater. And the greater um, at attains uh, the empathy of the lesser. Um, he he becomes like him. He helps him. Um, he helps him attain um, something that's uh, essentially unavailable to him. Uh, the, you know, the, it doesn't matter if a person has uh, a lot of power or money and things like that. Um, uh, he still has limitations. He still has things that he can't do. He still has things that are impossible for him. Things that are difficult for him. I know you think that people that have more than you simply have more than you do. So they have everything you have plus. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, I remember when I was learning to fly, I learned to uh, fly off a of little, uh, little tiny tail dragger airplanes off of uh, a grass strip in Waynesville, Ohio. And uh, I remember talking to an AT ATP pilot who flew what we call the big iron, and uh, he had ratings, and he could fly anything that would fly. And um, I remember he says, 
uh, we're sitting around the BFO, the the uh, the the office of the of an airport, having a cup of coffee or something, and and he says, "So you fly out of Waynesville?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Man, I've always wanted to take off a of grass. I've always wanted to land on a grass strip." And I'm thinking, "Really? Here's a guy." that is hugely accomplished in, in the area of flying. I'm a nobody, you know, with 600 hours in my logbook. And, uh, and he is envious of me? How can that be? But we have to understand that uh, in, in, in situations that, well, essentially that we kind of feel sorry for ourselves and that we want more in life, and we find somebody that has more, we have a tendency that, to think that, they have everything that we have plus, and that's not true. It's just, it's not so. Um, and uh, I, I, I can't think of a case where that is so. Um, and the situation where Jesus decided to come to this earth, be born of a woman, emptying himself of all of his, of his prior uh, powers and authority and everything that he had, um, that uh, he he came to put himself into that into that position, but in doing so, gained something that he never had. The outlook from behind these eyeballs, the very same kind I have. He he had to operate on this earth with a brain just like mine, with flesh like mine, um, and this was extremely valuable to him. And by the way. Uh, this is why uh, we receive through Christ like we could not receive through the law. We could not receive under the old covenant, neither the covenant with Abraham or the covenant with Moses or any of the, the covenants with Noah or the, any of the covenants that have come about. This is the reason why um, in, this, in this covenant we have through Christ Something nothing else has been able to give us. It's called justification. Justification. He lived like we did. He did what we did. So I tell you all that to say that the attitude that many Christians have taken because they've been essentially trained this way is that uh, Jesus was God. You know, so therefore he's absolutely untouchable. Anything that he did, you can just forget about doing what he did <laughs> because you're not God. Well, you know, here's the beauty of the whole thing. He wasn't either. He wasn't either. He was at one time. He emptied himself of every power and authority that he had in order to come here and be you <laughs> and show us that we can have relationship with God. And uh, this idea of him communicating with his father on a daily basis, on a, on a situation-by-situation situation basis, where he walked up on a, on, on a situation that, that required his attention, there was questions that he had to ask because he needed to know. There, were also, there was also information given to him that he needed to know to make these things happen. We keep seeing this happen. And you know what? You're going to see it happen all the way through his life. There, was, there were things that he didn't know. There was just things he didn't know. And as we continue, you're going to find that there are situations that actually changed. The plan of God to redeem mankind had to change toward the end.
Uh, I am fully convinced that God did not send Jesus Christ to the earth to be murdered by people. I am totally convinced that he did not come here to suffer and die a cruel murder on a cross outside Jerusalem. I am convinced of this. I know that that's you know, very common for people to say, you know, he left the splendor of heaven knowing his destiny. I don't think he did. I thought I, I think that this is why we have him in the Garden of Gethsemane crying and and uh, and and sweating as if it were great great drops of blood that he felt every every ounce of the weight of this redemption in that garden because it wasn't going like it was supposed to go. Are you telling me that that he knew this from the very beginning and then all of a sudden he what is he chickening out? Chickening out? <laughs> Is that a word, chickening? But uh, is, is that what we're trying to, to get across to people? Why is he, why is he so distressed in, in the Garden of Gethsemane? Because the plan was failing. He came to be our high priest. Yes, he came to give his life for us, but he came to give his life as a sacrifice. I happen to believe that he came to give, us, give his life in the sacrifice in the temple as the king of Israel, and as the high priest. An office, by the way, no man has held both. It was saved for him. That office was saved for him from way back in the days that these offices were created. Um, and so we see huge changes taking place, and, uh, and Jesus having to deal with these changes. I don't know how he's going to do that. Walking around with the New Testament in his pocket and thumbing through and looking for scriptures to fix stuff. No, no, no. He was, he was alive and in communication with his father. And he dealt with everything just like you have to deal with it on a day-by-day basis. These ideas that we've put into people's heads, he was God. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. He's sitting at the end of time, drumming his fingers on the throne, waiting for everything to turn out like he always knew it would. No, 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 no. Where'd you get that from? There's no reason to believe that. There's no reason to believe that at all. As a matter of fact, that idea is detrimental to you. You need to understand that he came to be our example, that we're to follow in his steps. Well, you're, good luck trying to follow in the steps of God. You don't, you're not equipped to do that. But what, we are, what he is equipped to do is to help us like nobody else could help us by coming and being one of us and overcoming anyway. And uh, so he's a great encouragement to me that uh, Jesus didn't sin. I don't have to sin. Uh, what, what did you say? Well, there's another one of these doctrines that, that just plague us that we can't help it. We have to sin every day. We have to break the commandments. No, you don't. No, you don't. Name one of the commandments you have to break. Will you please tell me one of those Ten Commandments? I want you to look them over and tell me which one of those you have to break today. Well, you see, people say, well, I may not break the commandments, but I had, a, I had an ugly thought. Well, where does the Bible say that ugly thoughts are uh, a violation of the commandments of God? Uh, we have taken everything that is less than perfect. As a matter of fact, I've heard, it, uh, I've heard sin defined that way. Anything less than perfect. Wow, 
Where did you get that idea? Who came up with that? Because you won't find that in the scriptures at all. Do you know how many sins David committed in his life? Do you know the Bible only records two of them? It says that these are the two things that he did that uh, were a problem between him and God. Two things? Really? Two? I would think it would be 20 million things. David never had an ugly thought? (laughs) Of course he did. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things about David that displeased God that weren't sin at all. David says, I want to build you a house. And, And God says, you know, I appreciate that, Dave, but you know what? You have not had a lifestyle of a man that I want to build my house. You've been a man of blood. You're a man of war. My house needs to be a house of peace. Because I appreciate what's in your heart. And I want you to do what's in your heart, but we're going to let your son do it that's going to come after you. He's going to be a man of peace. I'll make sure that there's never a war as long as Solomon is king. How's that? And Solomon can build that house. So here you have the Lord rejecting David in one area, but not necessarily because of sin. We have a, we have a wrong idea about sin. I don't know where, well, I do know where we got it from. But uh, people promoting their doctrine. But, um, you know, there's such a thing as really, really stupid behavior. There's such a thing as really selfish behavior. There's such a thing as sins against our fellow man that aren't sins against God, but they are sins, they're shortcomings uh, with our relationships relationships with other people. The Bible talks about you can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You can sin against Christ. But you see, we just have to have an understanding that when the Lord demands of us sinless perfection, He expects us to keep these Ten Commandments. People say, well, you know, I can't keep the ten. I only keep the two. Let me tell you something, sister. (laughs) You're deceiving yourself. If you think that you're keeping the two commandments, you know, the, the Pharisee came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, well, the first greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself is the second commandment. On these two, hang all the law and the prophets. So there are people who believe that I'm just keeping the two, therefore I'm keeping the ten. Look, you're not keeping those two. You're just deceiving yourself. You don't love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't tell me that you do. it's, It's an impossibility for us to do. And he knows that and knew that. You can't love your neighbor as you love yourself. You feed yourself and dress yourself and bathe yourself and make sure you have everything you need. You don't do that for your neighbor. So to to love him and to care about him more than you do yourself, or at least as much as you do yourself, you don't do that. You're just deceiving yourself. So what was God's gift to us? He says, I'll tell you what, if you'll keep these 10, I'll credit you for the two. How's that? Uh, it's, it's going to be an impossibility for you otherwise. Just keep these ten. I know you can't love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but you can make sure other gods aren't in front of me. That's what you can do. There's one thing you can do. You can make sure my name's not taken in me. You cannot bow down to images. How about all that? Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. Well, if you do that, I'll, I'll credit you for this. It's really, the Ten Commandments are a wonderful gift to us. They're not a curse. 
They, they have a curse with them to people who break them, but they themselves, they're not a curse. They're a, they're a wonderful thing. What does the apostle say in, 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 the, uh, in the scriptures? He says, the, can't, the commandments aren't grievous. They're not a grievous thing. They're, I mean, essentially, they're simple to keep. All right, off on different subjects. Uh, we are uh, talking about, uh, we are in chapter 10 of our little book, uh, Jesus Heals an Insane Man. And the fame of Jesus spread abroad all about the region of Galilee. Later, Jesus went into a solitary place to pray. Great numbers came seeking him. When his disciples found him, they said, All men seek for thee. Jesus said, Let us go into the next towns, and I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And Jesus preached in the synagogues throughout Galilee and cast out devils. Now, a lot of subjects are covered here, uh, are mentioned here that need to be covered, and they will be covered as we continue through the red words. Um, so I don't want to take a whole lot of time with each one here, but there are some things here that are uh, are important. Uh, one of them was that um, as I as I've told you. Jesus was our example. He was, he, he, he came to this earth to give us an example of how we should live. One of the things that was Jesus' habit was that uh, he would set himself apart from the world and people that love and care about him and these kind of things uh, and to the point that as we see here, even his disciples had to find him because he was off by himself. And what was he doing when he was off by himself? The Bible says he was praying. He was praying to the Lord God Jehovah, his father. Um, and in doing so, uh, this is where the great strength of Christ would, would come from. Uh, I believe that he received instruction day by day as to how things were going to happen. As I said before, um, the changes that were taking place, even in the redemption process, there was a time, and I can almost, because of the, the uh, inconsistencies in the Gospels, uh, you know, the, the timeline is very difficult to deal with in, um, in aligning the synoptic Gospels and especially the Gospel of John. But uh, I can pretty much tell you the time when one of these encounters that he was having with the father was when the father was telling him, this is not turning out the way it's supposed to turn out. We're going to have to make a change. You remember when Jesus went back to his disciples and said, hey guys, uh, got bad news. The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He's going to be scourged and uh, he's going to be tortured. And they said, well, we're not going to let that happen. He said, no, 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 no. Don't talk like that. This is, we're, we're going to try to fix this situation. I'm no longer going to be the king. Um, I'm no longer going to be uh, set as high priest over Israel. 
Um, you know, the, that idea has come and gone. Uh, this is not turning out like it should. And uh, so he was, he um, was, was explaining to the disciples that things are uh, about to, to go wrong. Well, I happen to believe that, uh, that the, the Lord God Jehovah is, that they're working this out as they go. Because uh, there, there are things that are going to have to change. You're never going to be the king of Israel. It's just not going to happen. And you're not going to be high priest. Um, the, we have to set aside the Levitical priesthood. These people won't even let us question their doctrine, much less set aside the Levitical priesthood and, re- and install the Melchizedek priesthood. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to work this thing out. We're going to make it happen. And we're going to see all this as we go. Uh, I'm not going to leave you hanging on this. Maybe you're hanging right now. But uh, the it, it, it's an interesting process uh, because there was a time when um, I think that Jesus saw this whole thing as a failure, that uh, there would be no redemption. Because if they murder him... Um, you know, a sacrifice has to be a willing sacrifice. It has to be an innocent sacrifice. Uh, there's many criteria involved in a sacrifice that uh, were going to be made impossible because they were going to carry him away and murder him. I mean, they tried to push him off a cliff once when he first got started, and uh, now they've decided to destroy him. Um, the The religious leadership of that day, they're, they're amazing how how conscienceless they are. It's amazing to me. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, it's kind of an obscure scripture. People you know, aren't so familiar with it, but did you know how they were going to punish Lazarus for causing people to believe in Jesus? Because he was raised from the dead? But, uh, you know, they think you know, Lazarus has caused all kinds of trouble for us because he's been raised from the dead. Well, what are we going to do? Well, let's kill him. <laughs> they, they were going to kill him. And it seems like this is their answer for a lot of the problems that they encounter is to just kill their enemy. Um, and Jesus turned out to be their enemy, and now they're coming after him. Well, uh, we see that uh, the, uh, Jesus took time as a part of his day that um, he would go and find a solitary place and fellowship uh, with his father. Um, this is, I, I see this as just absolute instruction for us. You hear me say that, uh, you know, our, the, the three ways that can, you know, straighten out 70% of your problems overnight uh, and 100% of them over the course of your lifetime is that, number one, you keep the commandments, you never disobey your conscience. And you take time every day to hear the voice of God. People say, well, where did you get that from? I don't remember reading that in the scriptures. Well, it's all over the scriptures. And here's one of them right here, where Jesus took time every day to hear the voice of God. He went to a solitary place. Well, you know, uh, I just couldn't make it from week to week unless I went to church. Well, that, that's because you've got a problem, my friend. That's, it, that's not a solution. That's a problem. Uh, we, we need to have within us a relationship with God that's not contingent upon who or when or 
where or how many people we fellowship with. As a matter of fact, we find Jesus, he doesn't say, come on, guys, let's go have church. You know, I, I need to get my batteries recharged, as some people say. Uh, and I need to get my batteries charged, so let's, off, let's go off and have church, just the 13 of us. No, he didn't. As a matter of fact, he didn't say, well, in one place he did say, you stay here, I'm going over there to pray. But, um, but he, in this particular case, he didn't even tell his disciples where he was. You say, I just don't know if I can just go off by myself like that. Really? Are you by yourself? Is that the problem? You don't have a real relationship with God so much so that you could go off by yourself and feel lonesome? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not that real to you. Is that what you're saying? That's a, that's a shame. Uh, matter of fact, that's a huge indicator, should be an indicator for you that something needs to change. And that is, you need to have a real relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. To be able to approach the throne of grace, you have that ability and you don't do it except in church when some schmo stands up and says it's time to pray? Really? Um, you know, if you, if you did this, you, wouldn't, you just wouldn't be um, so pitifully dependent upon uh, things in church that, uh, you know, that, that come as a matter of schedule. I heard a man tell a story one time. They, all, they had a big problem within the church or within the denomination or whatever, but there's a whole bunch of hoodoos around a table, all in suits, you know, uh, big spiritual guys or whatever. And um, somebody said, okay, it's time to open the meeting. Let's open it with prayer. Well, one old gray-haired man says, look, if anybody is here right now and you haven't been praying about this situation, you need to get up and leave. Well, when I heard that, I wanted to stand on my feet and cheer. I thought, surely there's got to be somebody that understands how prayer works. It's not time to pray. We pray because we want God's input on, on certain things. We want to come before Him. We want to get His... We want to get his opinion about things. And if there is something pressing, we should way before now have had some kind of communication with him. What did I do? Did I just run through the whole show? <laughs> run through the whole show. Time's gone. Um, but uh, we'll continue right here next time. Join us next time to hear more of the words of Jesus. Hope you're enjoying the series. All right, until next time, Think Red Inc. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.